Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 18th day of September 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Well, we got to brace ourselves from all the football attention you're going to get. And I'll tell you the thing, again, I, it's not that I hate football, it's just I don't care. And I care less and less every year, and I care less and less as it becomes less fun to follow football. And when it gets really aggravating for me is when I, there are you know, shows and podcasts and things that I listen to that have been sports podcasts, and they start doing the whole, you know, picks for the week and, and you know, going through the spread and going through the point spread and going through the over and under. And look at whatever your thing is, it's your thing, okay? And I don't judge that. I know a lot of people out there will be bored crapless by baseball. I assume they're not listening to this podcast. I get it. I never criticize someone for having a thing. And I also never criticize someone for being truly passionate about something you know even if it's something i don't understand even if it's you know you know collecting bobbleheads which is something i don't get or following the royal family which is something i don't get or someone who goes out of the way says, oh i'm i'm cataloging every single episode of punky brewster and applying it to the canterbury tales somewhere out there there's someone doing something weird like that and one thing i would never say to that person is jeez get a life would you maybe you should get a hobby no 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 the world is wonderful and beautiful because people do have different takes and do have different things that they love and do have different things that they're passionate about, even if it's something that you personally don't understand. Me doing a you know, 365 baseball podcast, I'll do 366 this year, may have someone say, geez, why don't you go outside and get some fresh air and do something else? But no, it's something that I enjoy and love. That being said, holy cow, I can't. I feel myself dying when I hear, all right, now the Saints are playing the Lions. That's an eight-and-a-half spread. Um, Pick the under on that. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't gamble. But it's also the the reason why I love baseball. I overheard someone saying that works. And I, I love football more than baseball because, you know, it's just 16 games. And in baseball, there's so many games. I mean, how can you get into it? And I, I feel the exact opposite. It's only 16 games, and you got to wait the whole week for one game. You know, I love it. Hey, we played a game. Great. There's another one. There's another one. Maybe that's just how I'm built. Maybe that's how I'm designed. I found that out. Yeah, we're getting a little personal about me here, but I directed a feature film, and I found out that I'm much better. My mindset is much better in a, an environment like a television or in the corporate world or something where you shoot a video, and when it's done, you pick up another video and you shoot that. You just keep moving. Just keep doing something else. Instead of working on one thing for years. I have that mentality. Maybe that's why baseball appeals to me. Or maybe baseball appeals... Or maybe I appeal to that kind of work because of a baseball fan. I don't know. But we had a wild day of baseball on Saturday. Dust yourself off, folks. We got another one today. Now, I am going to get into the... Sunday request, and I'm going to get into something that does 
tie us back to um, baseball and football in, the, in a second. But man, I got to address a couple of things. Um, I will just say this briefly for those who think I talk too much about the Giants. Uh, last night, instead of watching the Giants game, I watched Batman, uh, the Michael Keaton Batman, and then Batman Returns, the one with the Penguin and Catwoman. I watched those back-to-back with my boys because they had seen clips of them and they wanted to watch them. They really loved the first one. They liked the second one, but they weren't crazy about it. And I, you know... Rewatching them, you see the flaws in them, but you see the positivity, and you see how what a great Batman Michael Keaton was, and and you know Tim Burton and all the stuff, and it was some great Danny Elfman music and everything, terrific. And when we were done watching Batman Returns, I tucked my kids into bed, flipped on the uh, uh, the computer where I saw the the scores, saw the Giants lost in the ninth inning. Saw Santiago Casilla, got the loss. I didn't even look how. What's the difference? I didn't watch a highlight. I wonder how they scored the runs. Well, Casilla came in, therefore they scored the runs. So there you go on that. Um, The Mets won in an improbable game. I granted, you know, you should be a team like the Twins with the season on the line, but they did, and they did in in a truly dramatic way. And... You know, there was the Red Sox, of course, won their game. The Blue Jays and the Orioles lost their game. And so it's suddenly the American League East is starting to become a little bit wider. I'll talk a little bit about that game in a second in a different context. And it was, you know, the races are starting to really formulate. Like there's really only one other contender in the NL that's on the outside looking in right now, and that's St. Louis. And the Pirates are playing great right now, but man, that could be a little too little, little too late. The game of the day, however, and it was, and I listened to it. It was a terrific game. Um, was between the Tigers and the Indians, uh, of which the Indians had to basically have their bullpen throw a ten-hit shutout because of a uh, a broken hand that uh, Carlos Carrasco took for the Indians right in the first inning. Boom. Bullpen had to come in. Verlander was dealing. Uh, no hitter going for a while. I think they were the fifth or sixth. And they won the game on a, uh, on a uh, uh, Jose Ramirez single. And Francona was kind of playing chess with Osmus you know, managerial-wise. And in the end, it was a it was a tremendous victory for the Cleveland Indians, who are now moving ever so closer to clinching and wrapping up the AL Central. But man, they are going to lose Carlos Carrasco because he has a broken hand. He's not going to be able to pitch. They're going to lose Carrasco. They've already lost Danny Salazar. You know, I was saying how the American League is absolutely impossible to pick. Well, a couple of weeks ago, when they had Kluber, Salazar, and Carrasco with Trevor Bauer as their number four, you could make the argument, okay, the Indians are the team to beat in the American League and may go on to win the pennant. But you take away their number two. I mean, Kluber is still a wonderful pitcher, and he leads the league in WOB. 
and he could potentially win the American League Cy Young Award. It's so wide open. But you can't just take away your number two and number three stars. They go into the postseason. Give it your best shot. I mean, if the playoffs started today, and they're only starting in a couple of weeks, so it's not absurd to say that. You know, if the playoffs started today, Cleveland would be playing Boston. Now, you don't know what you're going to get at David Price, who shuts down terrible teams and seems to have a problem with good teams, but he seems to be pitching well now. Porcel seems to be pitching well now. Palmer's is pitching well now, and they can hit. I mean, right now, three weeks ago, I would have said the Indians would have clobbered the Red Sox. But now I think, that it, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Red Sox fan, I think it now favors Boston. That being said, watch Trevor Bauer and what's it, Tomlin come out and throw complete game shutouts. And obviously they've got a terrific bullpen. They threw a 10-hit shutout yesterday. So uh, if you're a Cleveland fan, that's got to be so frustrating because the it, the American League is opening up in a way that if they if the Indians were at full strength with their pitching staff, I was thinking that may, that may be their year to win the pennant. Maybe their year. It could very well still be their year. But it's going to be a lot harder, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on Francona, who is making a huge case to be the manager of the year this year with the injuries that he's had and just, just devastating injuries that have gone on, on on Cleveland. I mean, beyond just, you know, Carrasco. You think about some of the, you know, they've had to lose Brantley. They've had to use Jan Gomes. You know, they they don't have Chisholm Hall at full strength right now, and that they're going to run away with an American League Central. I mean, I you can make cases for other managers. Bannister's obviously done a wonderful job with Texas, um, but and you know, Showalter with the injuries he's had in Baltimore, this has got to be the fact that there's no suspense in the American League Central in a division that included the world champion Royals and a Tigers team where you had a resurgent Justin Verlander. Is it Verlander or Verlander? I never can remember. I'm just going to say Verlander until further notice. Uh, it's just, it's going to test the mettle of Terry Francona, a manager who I think is going to go to the Hall of Fame, uh, but a Cleveland pennant would all but clinch it. All right, I'm going to do something for the Sunday request. I do this from time to time where it's not a direct Sunday request. I have a few, but I want to talk about a topic. Unfortunately, someone sent me a tweet about it, so we can you know throw it under the wire. There's a, a fellow whose Twitter handle is CRPLS. I don't know what that's in. Corporals? I mean, you have enough characters to spell something out there. His... Uh, his handle is, his, his profile name is Cuck Fapitalism. I think we know what's going on there. Um, he, he responded to something that I tweeted out. Because the other day, I was taking a walk with my kids. And we were talking about dinosaurs and animals. And we were talking about Batman and Jedi and all these different things. At one point, we stopped at a coffee shop and I grabbed them a lemonade. I grabbed the drink for me and I checked. No, and I had uh, was checking from time to time the Red Sox Yankees score. And I saw the Red Sox had the bases loaded. And I said, do I'm taking a little break here. I have my app. I'm going to switch it on 
and just watch what happens when the base is loaded. And of course, what did I get? I got the blackout restriction on a Saturday afternoon in Los Angeles. I was blacked out from watching the Red Sox Yankees on my device in the coffee shop I was in. And of course, I screen captured the blackout restriction page and sent that out. And the tweet that I sent out said, let me scroll up. I'm in LA. I'm not in my house. I want to watch the Red Sox Yankee games. I see this screen, F-U-M-L-B. And Cuck Capitalism, who once again avoided using the F-bomb, said, is it the Fox game in L.A.? I'm in Idaho, and I'm blocked out since it's the one on here. Okay, folks. Let's, uh, I've talked about blackout rules before. I've talked about how absurd they are. But I got so many responses from people who were just saying, well, it's the, what do you expect? It's the national game. It's a national Fox game. It's all about money. And it, it's not. It's not about money. And again, I've made this point before that it's about fear. It's about fear of change. And again, for those of you who are new on the River Sully, you may not have heard me talk about this. I'm going to bring this up briefly because I'm going to bring about an example of how things can be different. It's not about money. People are afraid of new things, and they always have been. And the powers that be in baseball have been always afraid of new technology until they've been shown that the new technology works. Remember, they were afraid to put games on radio. That was going to kill the sport. Oh, wait, it didn't. But don't put it on TV. That will kill the sport. People will just watch it on TV instead of watching it, you know, instead of going to the game. Oh, wait, we've increased the audience. But don't put it on paid cable. Don't put it on paid cable because people won't want to pay to see it when they can watch it on free TV instead of watching it in the game. Oh, wait, we're making more money than ever. Oh, but don't put the video on your on the internet. Oh, you can for out-of-market games. Okay. I keep making these points. I keep, I'm, I'm a broken record. This was one of the main topics of episode 1000 that I did about a year ago in Palo Alto. Okay. So let's, you know, this isn't going to be me rehashing this. This is me seeing something that made me realize, well, wait a minute. There is another way to do this. Now, of course, it's football who figured it out. Now, football is really bad at some things, like being honest about medical facts or addressing a domestic violence. They're really terrible at that. But they're very good at selling their product. Very good at that. To the point where baseball has to look at something that happened on Thursday and ask themselves, wait a minute. Is this the way things are going to go? The NFL on Thursday essentially live-tweeted a game. I don't remember who it was. It was, I think it was the Jets and the Bills, the Bengals, I don't know. The reason I know this is because I happened to be on my Twitter at the time 
watching on my device the Red Sox-Yankee game. And this was the game that Hanley Ramirez hit the three-run walk-off home run. I was watching that game in northern in Silicon Valley. It was not blacked out. And I could experience watching the game with everyone that was following the Red Sox and Yankee game. And it was this communal experience. Where there were people I know, many people I've never physically met. But I know who they are, and I want to see their, oh, how did they react to that? How did they react to this? But I was a little annoyed in the Twitter world because I kept getting this tweet that kept popping up in my feed to the point where I eventually had to mute it, which was this game that I didn't really, that didn't really care about. I didn't care about it at all. Bills and the Jets or the Bengals and the Jets, whichever combination it was, playing their first game as opposed to Red Sox-Yankees playing a critical pennant stretch game? What are you, nuts? What are you, bananas? Oh, wait a minute. But something occurred to me as that was happening. What occurred to me was, if I were tweeting out stuff with this game that was going on between the Red Sox and the Yankees, and I could tweet along with it, quote tweet or do whatever, the game going on live on Twitter. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be the way that you're watching the game? Oh, it pops up and it's still, it's still going on live. The idea of putting a game on Twitter that you could share instantly. Hey, did you see this play? Instead of just sending the highlight or the clip, here, watch this game. Something great's going on. There's a no-hitter. Go watch it. Here. And then you keep that. Maybe that's how you will. Maybe that's how you get people's attention. Instead of, there's a game going on. Turn on your device. There's a game going on. Walk over to your couch and turn on the television. Instead of, there's a game going on here, now, that I'm putting in front of you. The idea of that fear that I was talking about, radio, TV, cable TV, internet, is a fear of change, but that change is a reality. The fear of, oh, this is different, we've adjusted all of our financial models for this, that, and the other thing. But the reality is, is that it has changed, and our viewing habits have changed, and how we consume things have changed. The idea of saying, hey, Red Sox or Yankees are on, it's the national game. If you want to watch it, go sit down on your couch and turn on your television and watch it. Makes as much sense as saying, hey, we've got a great movie that we're going to release, but you can only watch it on VHS. We've moved on from VHS. And we've moved on from sitting down on the couch and watching the television. I showed my kids Batman. We watched it on our computers. So if you take a baseball game, put it where people are actually watching. And the point I've made over and over again is baseball can talk about, hey, we need to find young viewers. We're going to try to find ways to get young viewers. Well, how about putting it in front of their eyeballs where they watch games? 
Young people are not watching television. My kids almost never turn on the TV. They turn on their devices. Young eyeballs are going to Twitter. They're going to the social media. That's how they consume a lot of their television clips, everything along the way. And as I said before, the generation that's coming up makes no, it makes no difference to them, whether it's someone's YouTube channel or it's CBS. No, there's a, what's the difference? They're just a channel I click on. So the idea of, hey, if you have a young viewer saying, I want to watch this, and you say, in order to do this, you must go into your house, sit down on your couch, turn on the television, and find the station. Do you know what? That's five steps. They've already clicked on something else. And you can say, oh, these whippersnappers, what's the matter with them? They don't watch the TV. Yeah, yeah, they don't. The same reason why when you were growing up, you didn't send a telegram. It'll still exist on radio. It'll still exist on television. But it needs to exist where the eyeballs are. And when I was watching that, that game keep popping up live on my Twitter feed, I kept thinking, man, wouldn't this be something? Wouldn't this be something to say, wait a minute, you want to watch the game? Here. I've had some people say, like, you know, you can get around the blackout rules if you download this and you subscribe to that. And I'm thinking, like, do you know what? I'm not going to make that effort. I'd rather just click on the audio and listen to the audio. But this, that's me who's saying, I'm not going to make that effort. I'm not going to go three extra steps. Imagine a casual fan. I mean, how many times has someone sent me a clip for like a show? Hey, did you see this clip? And I click on two things, it's not playing. And do I say, didn't play. And I've already moved on. You have to think like that. You have to understand if you want to attract an audience younger than death, then you have to understand how they're watching things and whether or not you personally, you, yes, you, specifically you, consume baseball the same way is totally irrelevant. You have to adapt. That's evolution. Or you go extinct. That's major indoor soccer. I don't know why I just crapped on them. Look at I'm not a huge football fan. I've made that very clear. But they know how to... They were in my face. They were shoving a football game into my face. Do you know why? Because that's how I consume media now. Social media and everything. I, I so infrequently sit down in front of a television and flip around. I'm probably as passionate a baseball fan as you will ever meet. I have no clue where Fox Sports 1 is on my cable box. No clue. I think it's in the 300s. And I go, click, 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 click. Okay, there's the game. Or I can just go, bam. I'm the passionate fan who's looking for it. Get it in their face. And then find a way to monetize or do the ads or do the things that, in order to, you know, between, you know, I don't know, between innings. Do something. Put a little banner on the bottom. Have a loot crate or whatever on the bottom. I don't know. Do something. You figure it out. But first, get it in front of people.
And don't be afraid of, oh, we're giving our product away. That'll kill the product. No. What you're doing is you have your, you have your diehard fans. They'll always be there. They will be. you got to find the new fans. So bring it to them. Like the proverbial samples at the supermarket. Here's what you're missing out on. It's a great game. Here, click it. Don't make it harder for them. Go where they already are. So, who owned baseball yesterday? Um, I almost gave it to Ryan Braun, who had two home runs, but I decided to give it to uh, what's it, Curtis Granderson. Because, let's face it, if you hit a t- game-tying home run in extra innings, then a walk-off home run in extra innings, then you kind of sort of owned baseball. Uh, John Gray struck out 16 in a complete game shutout for the Rockies, uh, eight nothing. Xander Bogarts was all over the place for the Red Sox. A couple of doubles, home run that came from behind to win that one in a weird, wild six to five games. And uh, Ricky Nolasco six shutout innings, striking out seven. And the Angels won a big game over the Blue Jays, not for the Angels, but for the AL wild card race. Half wobs to Nori Aoki. Got on base four times, but he was only driven in once. Mariners fell to the Astros 2-1. to one. Verlander in that game I mentioned was magnificent. Indians won in extra innings. Trey Turner, who is having a wonderful, wonderful uh, rookie year for the Nationals, got a couple home runs, but the Nats lost 7-3 to Atlanta. And Jeff Samarza, who well, I didn't watch the highlights, but I read the stats, Pitched well into the eighth inning, but surprise, Giants bullpen lost it. So, if you're keeping score at home, and I should be because I just closed the window and I got to reopen it very quickly, as quick as you should be watching these games on Twitter. Uh, Granderson, Gray, Bogarts, and Alaska, full wops, half wops, Turner, Samarzda, Aoki, and Verlander, or Verlander, you tell me. Uh, Chuck Booth, get better, buddy. Everyone at MLB reports. Uh, go to there if you want to see the up-to-date listings of listings, listings. I'm not going to cut that out. Uh, for who owns baseball, go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. You can be very old school and send me an email and info at sullybaseball.com. I'm going to send a voicemail box, so I want to start getting people calling in and I'll start responding to some questions that way. If anyone knows how to set that up, shoot me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for, what the hell day is it? It is the 18th day of September. We're almost in late September. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.